the markets. We just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets. I'm your host, The Finance Ghost. I am Mohammed Nala of monos.com. Mo is one of the most respected macro analysts to come out of South Africa. He is now in Canada, so we get his global perspective layered on top of emerging markets expertise. Together, we will unpack the biggest trends and issues and scratch beneath the surface to bring you our insights and share our love and passion for markets and investments. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not financial or investment advice. Please speak to your personal financial advisor. This podcast is brought to you by Gray Capital, an independent wealth management company. Gray Capital combines the art of financial planning with the science of investing, helping you achieve your financial goals. Visit graycapital.co.za for more. Gray Capital is an authorized financial services provider. Welcome. To Magic Markets. Welcome to episode five of Magic Markets. I'm your host, The Finance Ghost. As ever, I'm joined by co-host Mohammed Nala of monos.com. And today we're going to talk about GDP, hot off the heels of the release of the third quarter GDP numbers in South Africa. Now, Mo, GDP is one of those classic concepts that South Africans love to discuss around the bra and with their mates and around the water cooler at work. But a lot of people don't actually understand it, do they? And uh, hopefully you haven't forgotten what a bri is, but I also know that you haven't forgotten what uh, South Africa's GDP looks like. So I like to think of GDP and I explain it to people as a country's income for a given period. And a portion of that kind of goes to government in tax. The rest of it stays in the private sector. We always say not enough, but that's because the tax money doesn't really go where we want it to. And that's why lower GDP growth is tough news for government because it affects tax revenue, creating just a vicious circle for everyone. It means they can't invest as much in the economy, you know, and so this problem continues. So how would you explain GDP to someone who's, who's maybe not entirely sure what it actually is? Thanks, Ghost. Uh, no, I haven't forgotten what a braai is. I actually still enjoy a braai, and it's not a barbecue. I, I say that to all my Canadian neighbors. It's a braai when I have it. Um, but definitely not forgetting what the South African economy looks like. I mean, GDP simplistically. Let's try and break it down, cut through the jargon. I would say it's, it's the total sum of goods and services produced by an economy. Now, there are a number of ways to actually you know, calculate this. One can be through the production method, and that looks at each individual sector in the economy, You know, whether that's agriculture, mining, and so forth. As you mentioned, government, you add all of that production together and that gives you a GDP number. The other way of looking at it is through an expenditure method. So how much do consumers spend? How much goes into investment? How much does government spend? Uh, how much do we export versus how much we import? And you add all of that together and that gives you a GDP number. Uh, I'd like to compare it if, if for our listeners who are familiar with financial statements, with stocks, with investing. I like to compare it to the revenue line of a company. It's not the income it's the revenue line, it's the top line, and then there's obviously a whole bunch of stuff, like you say, taxes that you take off and so forth. But that for me would be the best comparative. Now, yes, there is some circular referencing. Obviously, if taxes are taken away from the consumer, that goes back into government, and then government spends that back in again. Uh, but all in all, I think revenue would be the right kind of concept to try and capture what a GDP of a country is. Yeah, that's interesting. And it also shows why it's so important the tax revenue gets spent properly because a portion of that revenue goes to government. And if it just gets spent poorly or wasted or it's inefficient or heaven forbid it gets stolen, that money should have gone to the private sector because those people would actually be spending it in the economy you know, in a way that would probably benefit everyone. So that's part of where the frustration comes in where there's just this big government inefficiency. So much of that revenue it essentially gets lost, doesn't it? It's almost like a corporate running a very inefficient business. 
Yeah, I think I think some of it gets lost. Remember, tax policy is also important in informing investment activity. So if you create the right construct, ideally in a in a free market world, what you should have is government setting up the framework. You should have in that context, you should have consumers who are confident enough to spend and they spend not just on their groceries, but they spend on durable goods. You should have consumers that are confident in terms of that spend that then supports businesses. It supports business growth. And also you need to have an architecture and a framework that is conducive to investment, to private sector investment, and that supports the, the investment component of GDP. So they're all interplayed. But, you know, well said from your from your side, Ghost, is that you have to make sure that the whole pie looks decent and you can only grow that pie if one sector isn't getting too big and crowding out the other, in particular, government crowding out private investment and, and, and effectively, you know, shrinking the GDP pie over the longer term. Yeah, and something you've said to me off air is that you know government spending in this country is almost too much of a contributor to GDP. It's a little bit bigger than some of the global benchmarks. It's bigger than you would like. Uh, you know, could you talk to that a little bit more about why that might be the case and why that's a worry? I think if you look at GDP and how it's it's made up, and again, this would be from, from the expenditure side, government currently makes up around 16, 17% of South Africa's GDP. Uh, it's the second largest sector in and, of, in and of itself. And this obviously, if we exclude taxes, if you throw taxes back in, it's slightly bigger. Finance is, is, is really the biggest sector right now. But there's also another component which looks at compensation of workers in each particular sector. And I, I do a, a quick and nasty analysis here. As I say, look at the compensation that workers in a particular sector are taking out versus the amount that they're adding to GDP. And no surprises there, government is terribly inefficient. Uh, if you look at how much they take out of the wage pie versus how much they're contributing to GDP, the ratio is actually at the lowest end of the spectrum versus another sector like agriculture, where, for example, yes, it's the smallest part of our GDP. It's only around two and a half to three percent. But that sector, you, you get much more bang for buck in terms of how much you're paying workers versus how much value you actually create in the economy. And I think that should also go into informing how we structure policy sectors that we should actually be promoting in terms of trying to grow the GDP pie uh, over the longer term. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, you want to pay the salaries in the sectors where it's then giving the economy the most. You know, that's what you mean by compensation. It's a very interesting ratio to look at. And it just shows how tough it is with our public sector wage bill. We know it's too big. Government knows it's too big. They're trying to do something about it with uh, varying levels of success and a, a very long and angry road ahead with labor and, and all kinds of politics, which we won't get into here. But it just shows why it's so important that we find a way to make that more efficient. It's just so important for our GDP as a whole. There's not only that component. I mean, the, the other very important component from that perspective is that government eventually runs out of runway. And I mean, a, a little while ago, we were speaking about the debt, you know, credit ratings were talking, uh, and we had a podcast on that. Now, listeners can go and check that one out. But when you look at that, government has been a very large driver of GDP over the last several years. You could argue that government stepping in where the private sector was kind of stepping back a little bit. Uh, and yes, I'll take that point. But the fact of the matter is government's doing that on borrowed money. And with credit ratings deteriorating, with fiscal room deteriorating, it means that that impetus for GDP coming from the government sector, from government spend, will possibly deteriorate. And we need to create a framework where other sectors will come through. And that's why it's so important to get private sector participation kicking up. And the fact of the matter is... It's, it, it becomes a cycle. If growth starts to tick up, the private sector gets more confident. They start to invest more. Consumers get more confident. They spend more. And that becomes a virtuous cycle rather than a vicious cycle. 
Yeah, and this is the problem with people squirreling their money away offshore because they just have no faith in investing in South Africa is they're taking that money somewhere else as opposed to people actually feeling confident to invest in South African businesses, even if it's SMEs. I mean, that would be such a game changer in this country if people felt like they could grow more businesses, create more jobs. That's the kind of private sector investment we need to come through. Otherwise, we continue to be propped up by government on borrowed money, which in any event, they can only ever pay back through the private sector paying taxes. So it is this this <laughs> vicious circle. It's a little bit frightening to think about. But speaking of frightening, I had a look at that statistical release, and, and often these stats get misquoted, and that's something we need to clear up. But for example, apparently restaurants are growing at 7,000%, which is great news for anyone who runs a restaurant. Now, you and I both know that number is nonsense. <laughs> And uh, perhaps you could explain to the Magic Markets listeners exactly why uh, that growth rate is just complete rubbish. Yeah, I, I like to cut through the noise. So I think that the headline GDP number was annualized growth of over 66%. Now, I, I want to simplify this for, for the listeners uh, because there's a thing called base effects and it sounds very fancy, but it's not. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to simplify it. If you have 100 Rand today and if you lose 50% this quarter, you now have 50 Rand, okay? So your new base is 50 Rand. And in order for you to grow that 50 Rand back to 100 Rand, just to break even, you don't have to grow by 50%. You have to grow by 100%. So what this means is that a, a decline of 50% is not the same as an increase of 50% from a lower base. And so when you look at it in that context, yes, 66% up in this, particular, in this particular quarter, but when you net it out, the economy is still down. And that's why you've got to look at do we look at quarter-on-quarter quarter numbers? I know that's officially how the data gets released. And so what I did is I went back and I looked at the last data release from StatsSA for Q2. And what's interesting is, yes, that's exactly how they report the number. I know this. But it's the narrative of how they frame that. It's what goes out in the press release. It's what newspapers pick up on. And the last time around, because it was a negative number, it almost gets undersold by saying, oh, this is a really bad number, but you shouldn't look at this. You should look at the longer-term trend. You should look at maybe year-on-year, etc. And this time around, it's the the flip side, because it's a good number, they're saying, oh, you know, it's 66%. That seems to take the headlines. So I think listeners need to be very careful of what's the narrative that is out there. You've got to cut through the noise and look at the longer term trends. And when you look at those longer term trends, I mean, we're still down depending on whether you look at it on a, on, a, on a year-on-year basis, meaning this time last year compared to, to the same time uh, or the same time this year, or if you look at it, for example, the first nine months of this year versus the nine months of last year, so a year-to-date comparison. And like I say, 6 to 8%, depending on which number you're looking at, means that the economy has still shrunk by that proportion over the, long, over the year. Now, why is that important? Let's, let's unpack it a little bit because I think this is very important. And I know I'm talking a lot. Feel free to interrupt me. But... When you look at trend growth in South Africa, trend growth has been sequentially shifting lower. So the GDP over the last, let's say, decade or so was growing at around 1.5%. Terrible, right? As an emerging market, you should be growing at 4 5%. Now, you've got the likes of India at 7 You've got the likes of China that were at 6 So those are big numbers. That's who you're competing with right now. South Africa, 1.5%. Over the last five years, that number has actually stepped even lower. It's down to 1%. So I'm saying... Even if we take that trend, the terrible trend, the one and a half, one to one and a half percent, in order for us to catch back up to that trend line, given the contraction we've seen COVID from the COVID pandemic right now, we would need to grow by around four to five percent over the next four years in order to just break even and get back up to a subpar growth trend. That tells you that 
There's, there's a lot under the hood here that needs fixing and that you've got to look through these kind of big inflated numbers. Oh, everything's going fantastic. I don't think anyone's under the illusion that anything's going fantastically down there. But let's contextualize it. What does the long-term picture look like? And that's why I, I like to look at those longer-term numbers. You can even average that out over the last four quarters, like you would, for example, with company results. Uh, and that shows you a much more robust longer-term picture. Or robust in your analysis, not robust from a growth perspective. And meanwhile, our population's growing at one, one and a half percent a year. So even when our GDP is going nowhere, our population's growing, and that means our GDP per capita is heading firmly in the wrong direction, which is ultimately the, we the measure of wealth for the average South African, right? I think that's a great point. I mean, I omitted mentioning it, but yes, the population is growing. So on a, on a per head, on a per capita basis, South Africa's GDP has actually been in recession or receding since 2014. So that's, that's a solid six years worth of going backwards for every single South African. That's the number that ratings agencies look like. Yes, I know it's based in dollars, but you've got to do a like-for-like -like comparison when you're comparing us to global peers, emerging markets. Uh, South Africa is a, a middle-income country and heading in the wrong direction when you're competing for capital with a whole bunch of other emerging markets that are growing that GDP per capita. Why is it important is that it eventually informs the spending power of consumers. It informs the kind of growth trajectory companies can expect and hence informs the investment and business cycle. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. And something I just want to touch on just for absolute clarity for listeners is this concept of an annualized GDP. And that's, that's where Statisa is taking a quarterly number and they are assuming that quarter carries on for four quarters in a row. So if you have this remarkable yes. <laughs> bounce back, you know, they assume for four quarters in a row, suddenly we will have this situation of pent up demand and suddenly the restaurants are all open again. And if this miracle happens, you know, then that's what the number will be. And that's why these numbers, these annualized numbers are just so dangerous. Not only is there this base effect, there's this annualization issue. There's a lot of noise in, uh, in these GDP numbers. Yeah, annualized numbers are fine if you've got things going along at a steady pace. They're terrible when you have this kind of volatility in data. And so I certainly wouldn't use it in this context. And that's the reason why what I prefer is I'd actually look at a rolling four quarter because then, and that's the same thing as, as kind of looking at the year on year number, but not annualized. And that gives you a better sense of where things are going. And anecdotally, I recall, I think it was the second quarter. I can't remember if it was the GDP release or some kind of personal consumption release out of StatsSA, but the narrative included a comment that people deciding to bake from home was assisting with driving uh, consumer spending. That was literally in the StatsSA release. And you just think to yourself, talk about clutching at straws for a positive news story. <laughs> you know, the banana bread <laughs> clearly carried out GDP for those three months, which is uh, just amazing. Uh, Mo, Maybe that's pretty. the price. Maybe it's all the bries. Maybe it's all the bries, you're right. Mo, that's pretty much what we have time for in this new format that we've decided to go with of these kind of coffee break podcasts where we're hoping that uh, we can make it easier for our listeners to find a gap in their workday or in their week to listen. So we'll appreciate feedback on that from everyone. But that's it for this episode. Uh, any closing comments from your side around this GDP issue or, or is that that for today? Look, I, I think the last point I'd like to raise is confidence is just so important, whether that's business confidence or consumer confidence. South Africa has suffered from a confidence deficit for the longest time, and we need to start doing some things right in order to underpin confidence, because that can be a very, very powerful tool to unlock the next phase of growth. Are we there yet? I don't think so. I think 
every South African, our listeners know at least some of the things that need to happen. It's now just for those in leadership positions to be receptive to take the hard decisions. But thanks so much, Ghost. Thanks to our listeners. Remember to give us a rating on your podcast platform of choice. And it's been a pleasure. We'll catch you on the next podcast. Thank you. From your host, the Finance Ghost and Monos. Until next time. This podcast is brought to you by Gray Capital, an independent wealth management company. Gray Capital combines the art of financial planning with the science of investing, helping you achieve your financial goals. Visit graycapital.co.za for more. Gray Capital is an authorized financial services provider. Remember to visit thefinanceghost.com and monos.com for more detailed insights. This podcast was for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial or investment advice. Please consult your personal financial advisor.